Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Eats and Iron podcast. I really wish Kate and I had like some kind of musical intro, you know, like a nice little, a nice little... Something professional? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> Just a official. little tune. Yeah. Something that is sticking in your head. I don't know. It would be way cooler besides just saying, hey guys, like, welcome back to my channel. I'll try and add one. Yeah. A little jingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone come up with a jingle for the podcast. Or just like teach us how to make one. <laughs> Help. Yeah. But today, Kate and I are excited to talk about quite a few cool things. Um, we recently kind of want to talk about muscle imbalances. We're going to talk about some of like things coming up in the summertime. Overall, hopefully a good episode because we haven't posted in another couple of weeks. Yeah, we've been low-key MIA. Yeah. You a little bit longer than me, but overall, we've just had like really busy schedules that have been kind of low-key conflicting. Yeah. Wait, so we was the last been... episode with Taylor? Yeah, it was with Taylor. <gasps> I have so been like, gone like, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so we haven't really been able to do or like record a podcast. Like even as we're recording this, it's pretty late, but yeah, we just like know we needed to get one done. But thank you for your patience. <laughs> <laughs> we did try filming or recording one the other day, yeah, and then we just kind of like weren't happy with it, and we just kind of thought that yeah, we weren't really feeling it. Yeah, like we could have done better, and you know maybe been more interesting or talked about like more interesting topics, blah blah blah, but. Yeah. We're back now, so. Well, and we're always, like, trying to improve and stuff, so I think it's good that we're a little critical of ourselves. True. And I guess, like, too, in terms of talking about things like the fitness industry and especially, like, you because you're so into, like, bodybuilding or whatever, you have to be, like, very critical about yourself, too, right? And, like, how you look, like, how your workouts go, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, I guess. So it's not, like, a bad thing. No. Yeah. I guess if you want to talk about, that's a good segue because Cade did a BMI or like a body mass index. Like an in-body test? Yeah. So it's like a machine called an in-body machine. And basically it scans your body and gives you a bunch of really, really cool information. So basically if you were to weigh yourself at home on a regular scale, all you would see is like, okay, let's say you weigh 200 pounds. Well, you don't really know what makes up that 200 pounds. So with this in-body machine, it really breaks down everything for you. And it'll show you like how much water you have in your body. It'll show you how much bone and muscle or lean mass. And then it'll show you how much fat mass you have. And then in Kate's particular case, or every scan shows that um like how much lean mass you have on different parts of your body so how much lean mass is in your left arm your right arm your left leg your right leg and then your trunk area as well and Cade kind of got a surprising result showing that one of his legs has one pound of more lean muscle on it than the other do you remember is it your right or your left i think it's my left leg that has that's like lighter yeah, that would make but, sense. But that's like, yeah, I think that isn't that like kind of normal though because I'm like right leg dominant. Well, I mean, there's definitely like no one's ever going to be completely accurate, but yeah. I don't think that Loki like 1 pound is like kind of a bit. Well, yeah, a pound is huge. Like most people would be like 0.3 or 0.2 or something, but a pound is quite a bit. Yeah, so I guess I need to do like a bit more single leg exercises. 
And that kind of brought us to like the topic of like the muscle imbalances was from when that whole thing happened a few days ago of me doing the test. Mm-hmm. At least it wasn't my arms. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Like, do you think it'd be more noticeable? Yeah, I think it would be like more noticeable if like one of your arms weighed like a whole pound more than the other one. Yeah. I think though, wouldn't you say like almost your li- your arms would be an easier thing to create that imbalance because like if you're right-handed like you primarily like I don't know for me I like always carry stuff in my right hand or whatever my right arm so I'm automatically like increasing like the load like I'll carry my purse on that side my backpack on that side my water bottle on that side and then I write with that side whatever so like there's yeah, all you're these just, like, things using it all the time yeah so don't you think arms would be an easier area to create that imbalance like not on purpose yeah i guess like maybe in reality but i mean yeah you use your arms for like a lot of things but you use your legs for like everything like you're walking or like but it's not like you take extra steps with your right leg or not necessarily but maybe you lean on it more yeah you stand a lot i guess yeah or like what i'm thinking is that even when i'm working out like i maybe shift to my right side a bit easier like when you're up talking to people not even that like when i'm like working out like physically exercising oh yeah because my right ankle has more mobility than my left ankle Mm, because you've broken the left one so many times (laughs) well i haven't broke it but yeah i've like sprained it really bad like multiple times Mm -hmm. so the range of motion in my left ankle is a lot more limited so you're kind of baby that leg it's not that i'm babying it per se but that ankle doesn't have as much flexion and so when I'm doing exercises, my body can naturally shift to the right side easier mm. because I have more mobility in that right side. My body will naturally like shift to that side if I'm in like say the bottom of a squat or something like that. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. with It's like completely like without like intention. So with that being said, because you have this new information about such a drastic difference, like, I mean, even if you think about it, to gain one pound of muscle, good like quality muscle, like that would take a month, don't you think? Yeah. On average, so like it could take you a month to just level out your legs. Yeah, but I mean, it's not that long, I guess, in retrospect. But yeah, if you're doing like everything right. Yeah. But with this new information, are you going to change the way that you train? Um, honestly, probably not that much. But mm-hmm. I'll probably just be like a bit more critical of maybe how I'm like performing exercises and stuff and try and see if I can like do like certain little things to kind of maybe balance it out a bit, especially when I do do like single leg exercises, like a split squat or like a Bulgarian split squat or things like that, mm-hmm. lunges and stuff. When I do those, like oh, I'm going to be a lot more c- conscious of like making sure I'm getting like a really good range of motion with my left leg and stuff like that. Yeah. To Because actually – like I find that my right leg is, f- feels weaker than my left oh. leg, even though it's like bigger. In like, why would that be? I have no idea. Really, oh. <laughs> it's all in your. I don't head. know. I don't know. Yeah, like. But can you kind of dissect more what you mean when you say, "Oh, I'm just going to be more critical." Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. So my with like this information, I think that what I can do is just be more conscious of like the way I'm exercising. And like how I'm performing the exercises and like really thinking about it um, when I'm performing the exercises. So like making sure or even like before that, like, 
you know, work on my ankle mobility first yeah, and foremost. Like, like get to the root cause of the problem. Yeah. And that's just kind of what I suspect like the root cause to be because yeah. it's like a pretty drastic difference in my mobility side to side. Mm-hmm. So like making sure that my mobility is like a lot better just in my hips and my ankles and stuff. And then making sure I'm performing the exercises with like really good like range of motion on both sides. Yeah. So potentially like kind of stripping down the weight a bit and then like really like focusing on like the form, the depth and stuff for each exercise so that I'm kind of getting the most out of it. What I'm hearing too is like you're almost placing a lot of thought into like the mind muscle connection side of things. So like, I don't know, that's what I'm kind of thinking when you say like, I'm going to be more critical, like, like feeling it, making sure that that muscle is activated when you're doing something that's double leg, like a squat, you're going to be making sure that you're like firing those muscles in a movement like that. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's like pretty much it. Like honestly, like as I'm like saying it, I wasn't really thinking about like the mind muscle connection thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, I honestly think that that's something that's, like, so overlooked. Yeah. Just in general is especially a lot, like, with younger people or, like, people who are new to the gym. They just want to, like, get stronger. Yeah. And, like, move, like, lots of weight. But if you, like, don't feel – if you can't, like, get a connection with your muscle, then it's going to be a lot harder for your muscle to, like, grow. Yeah, might You can get stronger and not get that much bigger. Mm -hmm. It's easier to get bigger if you do have good strength. But being able to like feel that muscle full through the range of motion and have that mind muscle connection is just going to make it that much better. Yeah. Um, I've never like noticed in terms of like actual muscle imbalances or like seeing my right arm is bigger than my left. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed my strength side of things really be impacted when I don't have that mind muscle connection. Like on back days, I used to hate back because I could activate my right side so good. Yeah. And then my left side would just completely fatigue and fail. And so like, even when I was doing something double side, like a lap pull down or whatever, I would just feel my right side get so fired up. And then my left side, it was like nothing happened. Yeah. What did you do for that? To like kind of fix that, I forget. I just did like, I would do, well, I don't even know if this is right. Like you can tell me if it's wrong, but I would always do like lat activation or like any kind of back activation exercises. So I was big into like single arm straight, like single arm, straight arm pull downs or whatever, like these ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like single arm, what's that? That's called a lat pull down. Straight That's arm. like a pullover. Oh, but standing. Yeah, just like a standing pullover, cable pullover. Sure, but single arm. And so I would do like equal on either side, but if my right side was getting really fired up, then I would do like an extra set and like more reps on my left side just to like get it fired up. Or like um, I would do like scapula retractions because it's body weight and like you have to, I don't know, get yourself up there. If you're not like contracting that left side, if it was lagging, you'd literally like pull yourself up uneven and it would be really obvious to see that. So yeah, like I guess basically what I do is like a little bit kind of sometimes (laughs) extra sets and reps on that side. Yeah. Is that fine? Yeah. Well, I don't see why it wouldn't be fine. It's not like you're doing like a set that it's not like you're doing like extra heavy sets on that one side per se, mm-hmm. but like you're just like warming that set up more because it might take more to like activate the, the muscles flow. and get the blood flow in there because yeah. you don't feel that you don't have as good of a connection with that particular side. And that's like pretty normal for like most people to not have um, the same connection with both sides of their body and stuff, especially 
um if you're like newer and stuff like that too like yeah it's, it's it's really easy to like you know with that dominant side that you use all the time but with your left side for example if you're right hand dominant like it's not as easy to activate that side as much sometimes right yeah and then i really prioritized a lot of like single arm movements mm -hmm. so i would do things like a single arm like cable row or i would do a single arm dumbbell row or i would do single arm lap pull downs like just anything single arm so that i can make sure that my left and my right side are being trained equally like i am doing the same amount of reps at the same weight on both sides and like i said I just noticed like a strength imbalance for me. I never like physically saw I had more muscle on one side than the other, or like I never got like a scan to see my actual mm -hmm. results. It was more so for me like that, my muscle connection and my actual strength. Like I would notice like I could maybe row, like I got pretty heavy with my rows over the past couple of weeks and I can row, like, if I'm going to do my right side, I know it's going to be a good set and then I'll go to my left side and then I'm like, okay, like let's just get to eight reps or whatever, you yeah. know? So I don't know. I, I guess that's what I did. So warm up sets, a little bit extra sets and sometimes reps just to get that more blood flow and really make sure I'm feeling that muscle and then really, really prioritize single arm and single leg movements. Oh, okay. Is there anything else that you would suggest doing? Not really. Like there's not really much else that you, I mean, I've done a muscle activation therapy, which oh, like a lot yeah. of people don't really know about, but. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, it was a while ago, like probably three years ago almost now. Really? Yeah. Like it was back in like 2018 with a coworker of mine. Um, when I worked at the gym then. But I swear you've gone to her since then. No, no, no. I haven't. No, I haven't. No. Oh. But that makes a – honestly, that's probably worked better than anything I've ever done. We'll just explain what it is. So with muscle activation therapy, the easiest way to kind of explain it is when you can't connect with those muscles with that my muscle connection, um, whatever muscle might be, you're obviously not having like a neural connection mm -hmm. to that muscle. So – Basically, with the muscle activation therapy, they use trigger points on different parts of your body to essentially wake up the muscles that are not activating. So, for example, with me, my particular problem was my lats. Like I couldn't – I didn't have like that great of activation in my lats and they were like pretty sleepy. Um, and then there was like a couple other areas. Like both of them? Yeah, both of them. Oh, okay. Or like my lower quads were like sleepy, like my teardrops, stuff like that. Yeah. Were not like activating very well. Okay. So like really just weird parts of my – so basically when that happens, there's a certain muscle that is just overpowering those other muscles. Mm. So then they're not getting as much at work and then they kind of fall sleepy. It's just the easiest way to kind of describe it. So, right. So um, what you're saying though is basically like this is almost like a thing that could require treatment. You could you could potentially resort to something like that, um, especially if you've even had like injuries or things like that, or if you have like a really bad imbalance. Yeah, like something like a muscle activation therapy could be really helpful. I noticed an absolutely insane difference with one treatment. Oh, really? Like it works instantaneously. So when you go to a treatment like that, do you have yeah. to know like, okay, my lats are sleeping? No, I had no idea what was like sleeping so how what did wasn't. You pinpoint it? So they use like those different trigger point areas oh, okay. and they test to kind of see. They'll like, they'll basically like test your range of motion and um, 
tests, do like different tests to see like, uh, like prevent me from like pulling your arm this way or oh. like kind of like little resistance, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll be able to see, okay, like if um, I can pull Kay's arm this way and he can't resist it, like this muscle is like not activating, mm. for example. Um, so they would do stuff like that and then they do the trigger points and it instantly wakes up those muscles. Like she'll redo the test and you'll feel like way stronger in resisting whichever way, like she maybe wants to move your arm or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I would do, I got her to do it um, like literally before back workout, like right before I started warming up. Oh yeah. And I'd never had a back workout that insane in my whole life. Mm. It literally felt like my back was a turtle shell because my back got so pumped. <laughs> and like I was able to add like insane amount more weight in oh, that wow. one workout. Like I was way stronger. The pumps were insane. Like my, I could feel everything. And that was like literally one session. It's like takes like 10 minutes. Yeah. So how does someone find like a person like that? Like, is it like a massage therapist? Is it like a chiropractor? Is it like acupuncture? Like how would you find someone? So that was obviously in Regina. No, that was in Saskatoon. That was when I worked at Good Life. Oh. One of the trainers that was a trainer at Good Life, she took the course. Okay. So maybe you'd be able to find someone at a gym? Potentially. I have no idea how you'd find somebody like that. Oh, that's not very helpful. I know. I wish I could still do it because I think it's like the most benefit, one of the most beneficial things I've ever done. Yeah. It helped me fix my, um, I had like a really like bummed out hip flexor Mm. and it was like being overworked and it was doing all, it was taking too much brunt in terms of when I was like running and stuff and it was getting burnt out and that was my problem and she completely fixed it just with doing this activation therapy. I, I like from what it sounds like, I think that if you inquire with a bunch of different like massage therapists, I yeah. think that would be yeah, probably you your be most like find, reliable way to Yeah, find you might someone. be able to find someone who maybe like knows about it and stuff. Yeah. But you, definitely at like a physiotherapy clinic or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Like it, it's not like super popular. Um, I'd never heard of it before I got it done. And even when I was talking to the person that was doing it for me, like it's not like super common. And like, I think she had to go to like, she was literally driving back and forth to like Edmonton or something just to do like the classes and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like not, not super common, but like maybe like a physiotherapist or like probably like more like massage and stuff like that. I wonder if you almost need to like have those kind of things as like a prerequisite. Did she, or did she just have personal training? Yeah. It's just like personal training and stuff. Well, why don't you do it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to do it like i don't know where to find it like i have no idea <laughs> that'd be so cool though if you could do it could yeah. you do you think you could do it on yourself probably not no like mm. so like the way is it that, painful no it's not painful at all but oh. it tickles really bad <laughs> so like the way and actually you, you like physically cannot tickle yourself no you can't but the way that the trigger points work the more ticklish it feels the more asleep the muscle was oh yeah. wait is that why people are ticklish to begin with i have no idea oh <laughs> But that's we just what she told me. But that's just what she talking. told me. She said, like, the more ticklish it feels, the more asleep, like, that muscle was. Mm. But it, it's kind of weird. So, like, to activate, like, the, the lats, she would be, like, um, rubbing her knuckles in, like, a specific spot on, like, my rib cage. Oh. On the side of my rib cage. And 
like I have no it's almost, I literally called it voodoo magic because it literally is you're like, like the you're, weirdest thing you, ever. You're not even touching my lats. <laughs> yeah. Like she doesn't even touch my lats or anything. Wow. It's like the weirdest thing I've ever done. And I literally was just like, this is voodoo magic because it works so good. Yeah. It's like, honestly, I still to this day think it's like the best thing I've ever done in terms of like between like chiro massage, like all these different types of things, physio, mm-hmm. like that made like huge differences and it literally takes one time. So potentially you could go to her and be like, Hey, I have this intense muscle imbalance in my leg. Mm -hmm. Like test this leg out and see what muscles are sleepy. And then that could potentially, potentially that could potentially help. Or like, it could be something completely different. You know, like I said, like how like my ankle has like less mobility or like, you know, maybe one hip is like tighter than the other and stuff. So I have, it just gave me less range of motion or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. but something could be potentially dominating something else. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it could be a plethora of things. Do you think that someone should almost, if it's like excessive, like that muscle, like completely, like I'm just thinking like a bench press, for example, yeah. and like a bench press is you put you put yourself in such a vulnerable <laughs> position with yeah. bench press. So let's say someone's benching and their left arm is so weak yeah. that you're like trying to go decently heavy and you're going up, 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 up. And then your left arm just fails and like the bar tips over or whatever. Yeah. So in that case, when there's such an imbalance there, yeah. would you almost recommend just like skip on the double arm movements and just go to like dumbbells instead of the barbell? Yeah. So like the thing about like a bilateral movement, so with two arms or even two legs is that other side is just going to compensate for the other side. Right. So even though your left arm is like way weaker than your right arm, for example, in a bench press, like you, you'll see that all the time. Like someone will be trying to do a really heavy bench press mm-hmm. and they might finish with their right arm first or their left arm first. Yeah. Um, in terms of like straightening it out, but it'd be like pretty few and far between in terms of like one arm completely dies on the other one. Yeah. Just because like the other one is going to basically compensate for the, for the weaker arm. Right. But that's, even more reason to like do something like a dumbbell press or like just like a unilateral movement where you're using one arm at a time or using them kind of separately, like with like a dumbbell bench or something like that. Yeah. So maybe like, so wait, would you say completely skip on a barbell bench and just go straight into the dumbbell? Well, first of all, I don't think the barbell bench press is like really a conducive exercise to anyone's goals unless you're a power lifter. So I'd probably just skip on it altogether anyways, but um and yeah if you have like a really bad imbalance in terms of like even strength or coordination like just do like dumbbell oh yeah or just do like a single arm movement like there's no reason you need to be doing like a bilateral movement per se or you could leave it until the end so then the your strong side's even like a bit more fatigued so then you're just gonna have to do like a bit less weight overall anyways yeah but i mean like it's important like some people just care about improving their strength in general they don't have to be a power lifter to want to do dumbbell bench uh what do you mean like barbell bench i mean barbell yeah yeah but i just don't really think like like in terms of like building your chest it's not like not that great of an exercise even anyways why because you can get a lot more chest activation with like even actually the most chest activation out of t- in terms of like flat decline and incline bench yeah. is decline. Oh. Gives you the most chest activation. Just because like the range of motion? It's just the, de- the it's just like the degree of the angles. Mm. Yeah. And like most people, even for guys, for example, because like 
mostly guys would be bench pressing more than girls for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, or most guys would be caring about growing their chest compared to a to a lady in most cases. For so, sure. like most guys are going to struggle with like having like a weaker upper chest in terms of like muscle mass. Flat bench press is literally nothing for your upper chest. And lots of people have really bad shoulder mobility as well. Mm. And flat bench press can put your mm-hmm. like shoulder in like not that great of a position. Um, so just like there's – it's like a super overrated exercise in in most cases. Yeah. Well, let's say – It's not a bad exercise. It's just overrated. Yeah. So let's say for upper body though. Okay. So for lower body, you were saying <clears> – sorry. <laughs> you were saying your ankle mobility might be – yeah. The culprit. Yeah. Would you say, so let's say like for lower body, you definitely want to work on like ankle mobility and probably hip. Ankle and hip pretty much is going to be like the only two areas of mobility that you can work in terms yeah. of joints. You can't make your knee more mobile, mobile. per se. Probably lead to more injury. Yeah. Almost. Like you, you, yeah. Unless you just can't physically bend your knee. Yeah. Like you can't make your knee any more mobile really. Yeah. And then for upper body, it would be a lot of like maybe the wrists and the shoulders. Yeah. Like you could just have a weak wrist, but not really mobile. Yeah. Like it's not really necessarily like your wrist going to have like bad mobility. Okay. Like your wrist. What about like planks and like push-ups? What about them? Well, they can like really hurt your wrists. Is that just strength? Yeah. Just your wrists are weak. Oh, yeah, that's just all that means. Just you just have like a weak wrist. So basically, then primarily it's just the shoulder joint that should be a main focus with upper body imbalances. Primarily, yeah, like just making sure like you're keeping your shoulders healthy, keeping them like good range of motion, being able to like move them in all directions and stuff. Just make sure mm-hmm. that joint is healthy, pretty much, and just making sure it's not full of gunk. Yeah, I guess kind of like just quickly. Remember how we were talking about that new style of training that like athletes are doing to like oh pliability training? Yeah, would you think that would be beneficial to incorporate, or is that like completely different? Maybe um, explain what it is first. I don't. I'm not like a definitely not like an expert on like pliability training. I just kind of know the premise of it, or kind of like the idea behind or it, or the philosophy. Yeah, like the philosophy behind it, um, and the reason a lot of athletes use it. So like it kind of became famous from tom brady that's like the type of training he uses that's like his trainer's like method and basically it's about not having like a stiff or a tight muscle and so if a muscle is like soft it's basically kind of soft squishy and pliable supple yeah supple that's the word i use yeah yeah but if your muscle is like supple it's like less likely to get injured because you know tom brady's a quarterback and if he gets hit out of nowhere from like the left side or something like that, like, and it's completely random, like his body's going to be able to react to that easier than if his body is like stiff and tight mm-hmm. from like weightlifting. So Tom Brady does zero weight. Like more agile kind of. It's basically just like plyometrics and like mobility work and stuff like that bands. So it's like nothing like too strenuous. Not like weights. Zero weights. He does zero weight training. What? Yeah. Yeah. There's no weight training involved. Like at all. Zero. Like not throughout his entire week. Never. How is he building muscle? He he's not. I don't know if you've ever seen Tom Brady. Oh, but that dude is the <laughs> definition of a dad bod. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But you don't think that that would necessarily be game changer to start incorporating? No, it's not gonna like. Unless you're an athlete. Maybe, but it depends on the type of athlete you are. Like, it would be a good tool if you're an athlete. Oh, okay. Yeah. but To again, add into a weight training routine? Yeah, like, it would just be, like, one piece to the puzzle if you're, like, an athlete. But d- d- 
Tom Brady's a quarterback, so like he doesn't necessarily have to be like super fast or super strong, right? Or whatever. So like most other heard- positions or most other athletes, they they do need those sort of attributes in order to excel at their sport. Um, but the biggest reason that he does that type of training is because so it's he's less likely to get injured. I thought Connor McDavid was doing it too, though. Yeah, hockey players too, I guess. Yeah, like and in, they have to be fast. Yeah, but. It's not you can do, like joint impacting. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like with hockey, like you don't do a ton of weight training either, anyways, mm. typically. Like it's a lot of like explosion. Speed. Yeah, you just have to be like powerful and explosive and be able to, you know, produce force quickly, basically. So just you have to just be powerful and explosive. But I mean, if you look at Connor David, he's a stick. Oh, really? Yeah, like those guys look okay, so maybe, big in their pads, but their their bone frame, their bone structures are like wide frames. But like he's super skinny; like he has like no muscle hardly. Well, I mean, maybe a stick compared to a bodybuilder, but those guys they're not. Even just like to, in terms of like the average guy, like he's like nothing impressive in terms mm-hmm. of like his, you know, his what his body looks like. But it doesn't necessarily matter what your body looks like when you're an elite level athlete. You just have to be able to perform. Right. And in hockey too, like you can get hit out of nowhere, blindside hit all the time too. So it's very similar in terms yeah, of Yeah, getting injured. Yeah. Your so risk. Yeah, exactly. And especially when you're Connor McDavid, like that guy gets headhunted all all the time. So Right. Like you're constantly with those kind of sports, you're constantly moving at like different angle, different angle, like you know And you can get hit from any sort of direction at any time. So yeah. With yeah. with weight training, it's a lot safer in that regard, as long as you're not like going for a PR or like Yeah. I guess like I mean I guess most people, you shouldn't be doing weighted plyometrics because that puts you at risk for injury. Yeah, like you definitely don't want to be like overloading. You can use like light weights for plyometrics um, as like a small tool, but you don't want to be doing it like all the time and you definitely don't want to be doing it like heavy. Well, I definitely think that was super helpful and like informative. Like I even learned some things. I mean, I actually haven't gotten my like in-body scan done in a while and I, when I got it back, like I think in December, I don't remember anything like standing out to me and being like really concerning. And I think overall, in terms of like your training program, it should have like a really good balance of like double leg or double arm exercises and single leg regardless if you have imbalances, right? Yeah, like I mean you should just – even if you don't have imbalances, it's good to incorporate both. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You should actually – you should do yours again soon so we can see what the differences are. Yeah. If there's any differences or <laughs> maybe if there's not any differences. I know. That's why I don't really want to do it because I'm like, okay, December. What like, if it's the same? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I definitely have been working hard and stuff, but I think like – You've definitely gotten stronger even since December. You think so? Yeah, you're like a five-foot – three little girl dumbbell rowing single arm dumbbell rowing like the 60 65 pound dumbbells that's pretty freaking crazy yeah i'm so slight flex no. for you <laughs> i tried to hit a deadlift pr the other day and i completely failed yeah i feel like you just need to work on your deadlift technique a little bit i think i just need to like not jump up by 20 pounds because i'm like yeah. oh it's just 10 pounds on either side yeah. and it's like okay so that's like, like really heavy 20 pounds total yeah it's like different if it's like a machine or something like that yeah. but with something like a deadlift it can make like a big difference especially when you're like in your upper limits of like how heavy you can go. Yeah. Like true. a two and a half on each side feels like a hundred pounds. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I definitely want to 
do it again sometime soon, but I'm so like back and forth with my training right now. (laughs) Like I'm like bored of my training. I don't know what I want to do. Like sometimes I want to do low reps. Sometimes I want to do high reps. I'm just like all over the place. Yeah. But you, I wouldn't necessarily say it matters like whether you do high reps or low reps. For what? For like your workouts. Oh, like, but no, like what do you mean? So like say for one week you are feeling good and you do like a lower rep range. Yeah. Um, with like, say a higher intensity, like that's totally fine. I think as long as you're using the same amount of intensity for whether you do low or high reps, mm. it's not going to make like a huge difference. Like it's not going to be bad if you did that. Yeah. It's just like whatever I'm feeling that day, you know? Yeah. I think that it's fine to be like to train slightly intuitive in terms of what your rep schemes might look like for the workout. Like just because you did eight to 10 this week doesn't mean that you can't do 12 to 15 um, for the next week or something like that. Or just because you did 12 to 15 this week doesn't mean you can't do like six to eight. Right. You know, I like that. How you're like train intuitively or whatever. Well, I do that like a bit too, like depending on how like my body might feel. Like if I know that my body can't push to like the upper limits of, you know, really close to like a max for like low reps, then I'll like do slightly less weight and really pump out the reps. And I'm going to the same amount of intensity in terms of like how many reps are left in the tank or like failure, but I'm just doing it at like a sub maximal weight for like more reps. Does that make sense? Like if you go to failure at four reps or if you go to failure at 15 reps, you're still going to failure. It's the oh, same difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But I don't know. I hope that was helpful, hey? Yeah, that was pretty helpful, I think. Are you – you're not going to make any different workouts though? You're just going to stick to what you know? Well, yeah. I just literally made new workouts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On that Arnold split. <laughs> oh. Yep. Trying to look like him? Yep. Trying to get my arms huge. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I mean, I'm not trying to joke about body dysmorphia, but Cade is the poster child <laughs> for male body dysmorphia. I think every guy has a bit of that works out has a bit of body dysmorphia. I think every person who works out has body dysmorphia. That's how you get better. Well, it's also like a <laughs> mental illness. To um, it's fine. No, I just have a vision of what I want to look like. So that's but it's almost like toxic how you're never satisfied. Yeah, because I always want to get better. Yeah. (laughs) That's how you become great at anything. It's one thing to like want to be better. Michael Jordan was satisfied with his jump shot after he's dropped 60 points. No, he wanted to drop 61 points. Okay. It's one thing to want to be better, but you're also never satisfied during the process. Like you're you're never acknowledging the progress that you have. I do. I do. No, you don't. I do, but it's only to myself elaborate like like i do acknowledge like for example like i do acknowledge like the gains i've made mm-hmm. when just to myself mm-hmm. where in my head really yes you're just like looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like kate you are strong no i just Cade, i'm like you are fit all right that's enough kate your arms are huge <laughs> <laughs> no but like i acknowledge the fact that like yeah like that i have improved or like I've made really good progress or whatever, mm-hmm. but like I'm not where I will. I'm not at the end goal yet. Yeah. So I'm well, not, why are you always saying like my arms are so small? Well, they are in comparison to my body, like just in like a relative uh, 
relativity to like the rest of my body like they're not that big yeah you're pretty lucky though that you have like taylor i think you like send him pictures and he like kind of critiques mm. your physique sometimes no he really. doesn't no he's definitely giving you pointers um yeah like he helps me out and he's like kind of like a second eye yeah in terms of just like what i'm doing if i feel like i need like a second opinion mm-hmm. but my critiques are like my own like i know what i need to work on yeah, I got my own worst critic. Well, will you ever acknowledge that your arms are big? Or well, I don't know. I'm looking at them; they don't look that big to me. <laughs> <laughs> How much bigger do you want them to be? I don't know. They're not that big, actually. They're only like maybe like not even 17 inches. So I'm asking, what do you want? I don't know, like 20. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like- Cade flexes. <laughs> Yeah, just bigger. I don't know. Crazy. Well, I have like I have really long arms, so like they need. I guess a lot for the longest mass. time too, because you were a quarterback for a really long time. Yeah. And I remember when we first met, mm-hmm. you were always like, "Oh, I have to be careful. I don't get my biceps too big." Well, yeah, you can't have like huge arms and be a quarterback because they just get in the way. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're like small compared to the rest of your body because for the longest time you were very conscious of well yeah you just not getting them too big yeah like you just can't get like too jacked as a quarterback because like your mobility becomes less when you have when your muscles are too big yeah yeah so like everything was just smaller then yeah especially your chin yeah <laughs> sorry okay <laughs> Come on, you have to be able to take a joke. So, anyways, that's your literally that is your sense of humor, Kate. That's how you <laughs> laugh and make jokes is that you make fun of people, and then as soon as I make fun of you, you're all upset. <laughs> <laughs> that's because I don't like when you make fun of me. Today, Case did Cade posted Makes me sensitive. Cade posted on his story um, about his supplement reviews that he used to post, yeah. and it was basically like a throwback picture from the summer. And this one guy that he works with was like. Oh, he just said I look a lot bigger. But I'm like also a lot bigger. He was talking about your face and how like skinny and lean your face. Well, he even just said like in general, like you could only you in the video, you could only see like my shoulders and up pretty much. Mm. And he was like, oh, you look a lot bigger. (laughs) Your face looks a lot bigger. (laughs) Well, I'm 30 pounds heavier, so. Yeah, that's pretty I would obviously be, I would obviously look a lot bigger. Well, yeah, see, like when you say that you want to get bigger, all I literally think about is how much more food. I'm not even eating that much food right now. But you eat a lot of food, Kate. Like even when my dad came to visit the other weekend, he's like, oh my God, Kate eats a lot of food. Is that what he said? (laughs) (laughs) Just to you on the side? Yeah, he was like, Kate sure does eat lots of food. And like a lot of times too, like we'll all just be hanging out and you'll be like, well, better eat. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it's like, oh, it's 2.45, time for my seventh meal. I, I only eat five times a day. That's not even that bad. <laughs> but you, I just eat more consistently throughout the day than I used to. Like I used to eat like only a few meals. I used to eat four meals. Now I eat five. It's like not even that much of a difference. Yeah, but your one meal is like equivalent to two. Okay, <gasps> I saw this guy on TikTok. I have to tell you this. It was like my first video when I opened my phone and he was like, someone replied to his video or whatever and was like, can you show us like your um, oatmeal recipe? And he's like, sure. So then he like starts giving this tutorial 
And like Buddy's like, I put in boiling water, a handful of almonds, a handful of walnuts, like two oh. two handfuls of cranberries. Jesus he puts Christ. in a fourth of a cup of hemp hearts. How much oatmeal? Um, he didn't measure the oatmeal. It really frustrated me. How much is it? I don't know. He just like had roughly. a pot. I don't know. He had a pot full of water, like a big pot, and it was like decently full. And then he just started adding all these nuts, these berries, these seeds, like honey. What else did he put for sweetener? I can't remember. Anyway. Anyways, and then he goes, and then you just start adding the oatmeal, and he just straight from the bag. Straight, straight from the bag, he's like, yeah, just add it until it looks thick. Did you report this guy to the authorities? Because he's clearly a psychopath. <laughs> so he adds this uh, excessive amount of oatmeal to- Does he eat it all? Just wait. So then he gets out like those meal prep containers like uh-huh. that you get from like Chinese food restaurants and stuff like that, like sure. the black ones. Buddy from this one recipe fills like eight of those containers to the top and the entire container- that's like five or six cups of cooked oatmeal. And he's um, like, it's gotta be like at least three or four for sure. Minimum. Okay. But then take into consideration all the nuts, all the cranberries yeah. that yeah, he added yeah, in there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, and then just top it with whatever you want. So buddy puts more pumpkin seeds on top and he puts more craisins or cranberries on top. Then he puts like chia seed pudding on top and like peaches. Oh, oh my gosh. So did he eat the whole container? <laughs> That was like his meal he prep. Eat? I, he didn't eat anything on camera, but that was like his meal prep or whatever. So like he would normally eat one of those containers? Yeah. That is disgusting. Well, I would be like, if I ate that, I, I don't think I would eat up. for the rest of the day. I wouldn't eat for 48 days. <laughs> Shut up. Oatmeal? No, I'm dead serious. Like I can't even handle having a half a cup of oatmeal. With, I know. Like I uncooked, feel, yeah. Yeah, like half a cup of uncooked oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Like, that literally makes me feel like I want to throw up. I feel so full. Really? Yeah, like, I could never... Like, when I used to try and eat a, a full cup of oatmeal, mm-hmm. literally awful. Like, I cannot... Like, oatmeal is just, like, one thing. Like, I can't eat a lot of it because it just makes me too full. It's very satiating. Like, it's like it's what they say, like, oatmeal, like, sticks to your bones or whatever. Yeah, it right? makes me so full. Like, that literally, the thought of eating that whole... Whatever that a guy huge, made. Like a meal. And all those nuts? A full oh meal God. prep container. And that then would he put more on sick. top. That would, yeah. I would literally throw up. But I guess I kind of digressed with that conversation. <laughs> what I was going to say oh. is like that bowl of oatmeal is huge, massive, literally so many calories, like probably a thousand calories in one meal prep container. Anyways, but that's kind of like how you're eating too is it's like, yeah, you only eat like five meals a day, but your meals are massive. Not that big. Kid, we need to make like three cups of rice like every three days. Yeah, but I don't need as much. I'm not eating as much as I was. It doesn't matter. You still eat a lot, period. Yeah, but I'm also like a big, period. big person. Yeah, dude. And you want to get bigger. So imagine how much more food. <laughs> no, I don't want to get bigger anymore. Just your arms. Yeah. That's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but like, See, I don't. You I don't have- freaking body dysmorphia no but like i don't want to get like too much bigger right now just my arms why because you're sick of how much food you have to eat well well i've actually been able to just pull the food back and it's like my body is just like kind of stabilizing doesn't need as much food now because my body's getting yeah but more why used. don't you want to get bigger like you're sad oh like, yeah, are you like, trying to sh- slim well <laughs> not yet but like I just am at a point where I don't need to get any bigger yet. Like, you know, you don't need to 
don't need to go from like zero to like a hundred in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like a couple of months. Like, I mean, like I said, like 30 pounds since last June, that's a lot of freaking weight. So, yeah. So are you planning on slimming down for the summer <laughs> or sh- summer shredding? Um, it's undecided, but like I'll probably do like a little bit at least before what, then. What does that look like to you? So like I'm gonna start doing more cardio. Hopefully we can get that spin bike low key. Oh. We've been trying to get a spin bike. Seriously. Or like we've been trying to inquire at like the local fitness uh like equipment store or whatever. Yeah. And they literally won't get back to us. Like, does, don't answer our emails. Kessa calls there. They don't answer our phone calls. Like, literally take our money already. Yeah. Like we're So we're trying to buy a spin bike so we can do cardio at home instead of, like, having to go to the gym and, like, just do cardio, which is, like, such a hassle. Well, and also, like, wearing a mask to do cardio yeah, at the gym is trash. so bad. Yeah. So we want to, like, get a spin bike just for at our place, which is going to be super convenient. But so like what it's going to look like is me like doing like a bit more cardio because I like do zero cardio right now. Um, well, you don't do zero. You do like a little bit at the start of your workout. Like five minutes. And your heart rate up. gets really high during your training sessions. Yeah. Well, that's due to wearing a mask, but also due to like sometimes I'll just work out, try and work out like faster. Yeah. Like, But that's kind of cardio. Yeah. Like to to a point. Yeah. 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 But you're talking like like – mainstream cardio <laughs> yeah yeah like just talking about like just literally cardio mm-hmm. but so that'd be pretty sweet if we can get the bike then i'm gonna do like a cardio a bit more consistently and like i said i'm already pulling my pulling my carbs back a bit um just your carbs yeah just my carbs why because that's like the majority of what i eat i eat like oh 400 and some grams of carbs a day usually so i'm pulling it back just like 10 to 20 grams per meal so like nothing too crazy per meal, but over the course of the day, that's like 50 to 100 grams per day less. Mm-hmm. So it's like a good amount and slowly pull those back like a little bit. Just because like I said, Mike, I don't need as much. Like once you, when you're gaining weight, like you need a lot of food to kind of like gain weight initially. But then once you've gained like a bit of weight, like you can't just keep shoving food down your throat. Like your digestive system is like can't handle that for like yeah. long periods of time. Like your body has to get used to eating a certain amount of food and eventually like your body's not going to need as much food to like maintain where it's at. Well, and I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but that like stereotypical bodybuilder gut yeah, is like actually due to force feeding yourself and like destroying your digestive system. Right. Yeah. That's exactly like a lot of people think it's like, Oh, your organs get bigger from like GH and whatnot. No. Yeah. But like, I mean, that, that could play like a potential role slightly. Yeah. But literally like the main cause of like the distended stomach thing in Mm -hmm. like bodybuilding is literally from force feeding yourself. Yeah. And And just having your digestive system off. Yeah. Like your digestive system gets backed up your body. Like you can only process so much food at a time. Yeah. And like, that's literally like the golden ticket in terms of like physique sports is if you have the better digestion you have, like the better off you're going to be. Well, and actually that, post you read to me the other day about like i don't know competing or whatever and like what coaches need to say is like yeah if you're dieting you're probably going to feel hungry a little bit and then that what that guy said is don't try and compensate for the less calories by eating more broccoli for example yeah just more vegetables because it's just going to kind of clog you up yeah bloat you and then your waistline is going to be thicker yeah so 
I don't know. It's like a, I don't know, like cutting back your calories. Do you think that you're going to feel a little bit hungrier? Yeah. Like, so generally how I kind of set up my like food thing is on my training days, I train in the morning. So my carbs are like way heavier in the beginning of the day, Mm -hmm. especially post-workout. And then they taper off as the day goes on. And then, but like you have to keep in mind too, like I might only eat 50 to 60 grams of carbs in a meal, but I'm eating like three or four meals like that. So it adds up fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on my rest days, I don't work out in the morning. So uh, my carbs start off really low. And then my last meal, I'll have a little bit heavier carbs, kind of backload them. Mm, for so your that, training in the morning. So, yeah, the for day. my training in the morning the following day so that I'm not totally like wiped in the morning when I try and work out because I don't have enough carbs in my system. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about again? I forgot your question. Just like if you're getting more hungry. Oh, okay, yeah, food. yeah. That's the part I forgot. So that's how I said okay, it. You're um, like, yeah, I have diet brain. I can't even yeah, I can't <laughs> follow even. this conversation. No, I just like, was trying to think about that. So I lost my train of thought. But um, so like generally I'll be like soup. Like I was starving this morning. Really? Like I was so hungry. Like before we left to do cardio. Yeah. Like I was literally so hungry. Um. But like I said, like I'll eat like not too many carbs before I go to bed. And then when I wake up, we went into cardio. So you didn't eat. I didn't eat, obviously. And then another perk of having like cardio at home is that you can get it over with faster and yeah. then eat. <laughs> well, once we took a pre like once I took like the fat burner, like I wasn't hungry. Oh, but, yeah. But so, yeah, like I'll like generally be hungry. Like even though I'm eating like a good amount of food, like I'm hungry, like from time to time. Mm hmm. Like it's generally once I've had like two, three meals in me that I'm like not hungry, but there's times where I'm definitely hungry, but I like, it just, it is what it is. Like, I also don't like the feeling of my like digestive system feeling like bloated and like yeah. super full and stuff like that all the time either. So right. I like, I like the feel, I'd rather feel like hungry. Than, like a little lighter. Yeah. Like I feel like lighter and I feel like a bit more hungry, but I prefer that feeling over like super full. Yeah. Well, and I was like, one thing for me in particular, because I mean, like, yeah, like hot girl summer, who doesn't want to like slim down just a little? <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing that I really applaud you on is the fact that, I mean, Kate, granted, you do eat a lot of meals throughout the day and they are big meals, so they're probably filling, but like you don't snack at all. Like you don't have any like bullshit in your diet. It's just the meals. Yeah, that's like one thing that I really like really did focus on though. Yeah. Because like you and I are like fairly snacky yeah. types. I mean like that's what I was going to say. I am still the snacky type. And that's one thing that I'm thinking could be a really good tool for me just moving forward is trying to reduce the snacking. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm not even like a person where I'm like, Oh, let's make a snack and then sit down and eat my snack. Like I'm like, Hmm, let's open the pantry and just stick your hand in and see what I grab. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, that's not necessarily like the worst thing in the world, but for me, I was really thinking about this today. Actually, that's so funny. We're talking, but anyways, um, I was thinking, okay, I'm not like trying to toot my own horn, but for a majority of my meals, Like I eat really good, right? Like I try to always include veggies. Like even in my breakfast, I'll make like eggs with spinach and whatever. Like, and then my lunches are always veggies and some kind of protein. Yeah, like you you always get like probably three like solid like proper meals and and everything. Yeah. So what I'm like thinking is key, 
I don't want to track macros or calories because I think that it's very like toxic for me in particular, but I need to find somehow that I can kind of tighten up my diet and see results from that without like, you know, counting calories or severely restricting my foods or like too restricted. Yeah. Or like cutting things out. Mm -hmm. And so what I think the first thing that I should focus on is just cutting out that like quote unquote bullshit or like all of the snacking that I do. And it's like, I don't even know why. Or you could just have, you could just even have like designated snacks that you're supposed to have. Yeah. So I think though my biggest problem is, is that, a, I'm not even hungry sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, I want flavor in my mouth or yeah. I just sat down and like worked for two hours. Like, let's take a break and like look at something I can shove in my mouth kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. like, and I really caught myself doing that today too. And the worst thing is the crack cocaine granola from Costco. I literally just eat that by the handful. And it's like, granola is so calorie dense. And yeah, like- you eat that stuff so fast and it's honestly like embarrassing almost but what here's the thing this is what kessie does so she eats like a lot of expose a lot of the granola like she eats quite a bit of it but she gets the tiniest bowl she can find (laughs) in the house the tiniest bowl like it's not big you guys very small (laughs) and then she puts a little bit of granola in there with a little bit of almond milk and it's so small and dainty and she thinks that she's you know Oh, I'm not having very much. And then she eats it. And then 15 minutes later, she goes and she get, fills that bowl up again, that small bowl, and then probably repeats that like five times a day. It's not five. Like I only do it twice. And then I kind of feel like a piece of not shit. At, no, it's not five times consecutively, but like just in total for the day, like she'll go back there a few times. You know what's funny is I it's don't like know. like death by a thousand cuts. It's not. It's not even like – I'm like trying to portion it out because I full on know I'm going to go back for seconds. Like it's not even like I'm trying to trick myself. I just literally enjoy eating out of small things. Like even if you look at our forks, I never use the big forks. The spoons, I never use the big spoons. That's because you're just a little. But when I was little, like actually little, I used to eat like yogurt used to be my favorite snack Mm -hmm. and I would eat it with a teaspoon. Like a literal teaspoon measurement. That's how I would eat my yogurt. And that was my favorite way to eat. Probably because then you feel like you got more bites out of it. I was little. I didn't know. I just knew that it was small and I liked it. Yeah. No, it's not subconscious when I'm like nine. Yeah, you don't know. But isn't that so funny? I remember this one particular teaspoon that my mom had for baking. And like I would literally choose that over regular tablespoons. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that that is going to be my biggest way. And I, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but I think I need to start making my physical meals. So, because you said I eat three proper meals per day, which is good. Like, that's like a very good routine for me. I think I just need to make them a little bit more satiating and a little bit more strategic because Kate like straight up called me out the other day. I think we got home from the gym and I was so hungry. So I just quickly made like two pieces of toast. And then he just stared at me while I was eating my toast. And I was like, what? And he goes, you just eat a lot of carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is 
low-key kind of true. Like It's not because then I make eggs later and then I just eat the eggs. Instead of eating my toast and eggs, I eat my toast first and then my eggs later. Yeah, but this is kind of like what you do like for like your proper meals. You like don't put like a lot of carbs in there. Like you'll have like a, you know, your protein or whatever, like, you know, maybe tofu, chicken or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of veggies. But like then you literally put like a freaking two tablespoons of rice. I don't put two tablespoons. But like it's not a lot. In terms I don't of love like, rice. I'm not saying like that you have to love rice, but I'm just saying like, for example, like you don't put like a lot of carbs in like your main like proper meals that you would normally have. And then, so then you kind of like fill in the gaps with like the little snacks and stuff, you know? So that's kind of like where a lot of the carbs maybe come from. Maybe. So then if you like made your meals like a bit more, like I have a little bit more carbs, like in your proper Just meals. Just more balanced. Yeah, then you maybe wouldn't feel like the need to get those carbs in elsewhere. Yeah. Like that's like the biggest thing for me is like I just like started small and I was like, okay, like I eat, like I'll eat like protein bars all the freaking time. Yeah. Or like I'll dummy like, you know, this like bag of whatever or things like that. And I was like, okay, like I'm literally not even hungry because my meals are like so big mm-hmm. and then it's just like so much easier to like not snack as frequently but also too though it's kind of difficult for me because at work sometimes my schedule can be so yeah. screwy yeah and it's like client after client after client and it's all on like an hourly and schedule it's just like you're just dying to get something yeah so then it's like five hours later and i haven't eaten since like 9 a.m and then i'm like okay hey, i'll just have like a quick protein bar or something yeah so sometimes you're i in like mean, a bit of a different situation yeah my day's like so routine right 9 12 3 6 9 like that's <laughs> i eat at those times every day within like at least half an hour right yeah so it's like a lot more regimented but that's why i think too if my meals were more balanced and i kind of like Obviously, I know beforehand if my day is going to be busy because I make my own schedule. So then maybe I should be like, okay, I'm going to have like a bigger lunch. Or like when my schedule is so packed, I was doing like those protein coffees and doing like Quattro, which takes like a really long time to digest. So Mm -hmm. I was a little bit more full. But yeah, I think that's going to be my plan. And I honestly think, Cade. Next time we go to Costco, let's just not get the granola. <laughs> sure. Like, I honestly, I don't even know if I've had any from this or last like, bag. Oh, I don't think you have. But also, too, those almond flour crackers from Costco. Oh, those are yucky. I I get those to eat them with, like, hummus and stuff. I literally haven't even eaten hummus. I just eat the crackers. Yeah, I've been having to eat the hummus. But, you know, I it's really good of me to be able to identify those things because then we can eliminate them. Yeah, and we got it on record. So yeah. if you forget, <laughs> we can play this back. Right, I'll listen to this back. <laughs> but I think that that's what we'll have to do is, like, a stop purchasing the things that I have no control over. And I'm not afraid to admit that I don't have control over it because there's a lot of people like that, especially with your cereal too. When you get cereal. Yeah. I get cereal and then Kessa just like dips in there. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You just like the snack. Well, yeah. And you just like to get those carbs in from your snacks. Yeah. Low key. Well, and I like those like sugary granolas and cereals. Yeah. But see, if you just have a cereal meal like me planned into your meal plan, I guess, good. but I would probably still go back for seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, it's not even like, oh, moderation and like portion it. It's like I'll portion it into my small, tiny bowls like you described. And then I eat it all and I go back for another bowl. I wonder what it would be like if you did like a meal plan like me where you ate like consistently all the time. Well, I did I that like two summers ago. Yeah, but like not to like get leaner, but just like oh. in general. 
I think I, I would get so bored. Yeah, you you you're like I need more. You like to zhuzh it up. Well, I'm also good at cooking. Yeah. So that's why I like. I don't eat for flavor. It up. Yeah, I don't eat anything for flavor except when it's my food. <gasps> yeah, like when you when. Should we tell them about the green beans? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're selfish with the green beans. But I okay so. Kate and I shop at Costco a lot and at Costco, you almost have to buy like excessive amounts of produce when you're there. That's just because that's what they offer you. So like when you get like spinach, it's like a massive container of spinach. When you get broccoli, it's a huge bag of broccoli and we, we eat them all the time. Like this food never spoils in our house, but I think it's because we're very kind of like we plan out how we're going to use it. Like we don't just buy it and hope to use it. Like we know what we're going to make with it. And so we love to get the green beans at Costco. Well, I love to get the green beans. And then suddenly Cade loves the green beans <laughs> all of a sudden too. I literally suggested we should get two bags last time we were there because you ate the whole bag last time to yourself. <laughs> well, okay. So yeah. And that's what happened again this time. I don't know why we didn't get two bags because. You're like, oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I have this like good recipe that I found and it makes for the perfect meal prep. Like I'll take an entire block of tofu, like cut it into small cubes, fry that up. And then I'll add in that entire bag of green beans from Costco. And it's perfect because it only lasts me like maybe five meals, but the broccoli or sorry, the green beans are still good by then. If you like green beans sit in your fridge for too long, they get like milky and like slimy very, very quickly. But anyways, Cade, besides the tofu, he loves the way that I cook these green beans. And I made the entire container with the tofu in it. And then whatever, I ate my meal and I stored the rest away in the fridge just as like a big grab and go. So I didn't like portion out my meals, but I put it all together. And then I would just take little portions when I needed it. And I think the case, so there was like two servings left of the green beans beans and tofu in the fridge. So that day I have half of it as my meal. And then I'm like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to take the other half to work with me. And that's going to be my lunch for tomorrow. And I put the green beans back in the fridge. And then I don't know what we were doing. I don't know if I went to work or came home or whatever, but Kate starts making a supper and I come around the corner and I see him preparing his beautiful plate. He's got his nice portion chicken. He's got some rice on there that he just cooked. And then Buddy has a big portion of my green beans. It wasn't even that big. It was too. And I only had one meal left. <laughs> well, this adds to my point of that you like to fill up on the veggies with like your proper meals. I so, love veggies. Yeah. So maybe you could have had a bit more rice that meal with your <laughs> a little bit less green beans. The only reason why I was frustrated is because I like purposely left like one meal worth of green beans and tofu in the fridge. And then you just took all the green beans and left all the tofu. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, there was a good amount of green beans left. No, there wasn't. Well, you took over half of the green over beans. Half. Yes, you did. Uh, it depends who you're asking. <laughs> but that's just so funny. I don't know. I guess I am. I cooked it as well. And that's, I guess, what we're saying is when you do enjoy the flavor of food when I cook it. Yeah, like, but, like, it's not, like, if you never cooked a meal again with flavor, like, I would still be trucking along, eating my meals. 
All I need is my mustard. Oh, I hate that mustard. Yeah, the sweet heat mustard. That's the goat. Best condiment of all time. Put it on anything. Is it? What does it taste like? Tastes like this sweet like, with You heat. don't like white or I mean yellow mustard? It's okay, but. Can you wait? I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> you know, like the flavor of that is like, what is it? Like very vinegary kind of. Yeah, like almost like a sharp flavor kind yeah. of. Yeah. Is that like what the sweet no. heat one tastes like? So why is it called mustard? Well, it's just like a flavored mustard. Oh. Yeah. Like literally the only mustard that tastes like that is like the yellow mustard. None of the I other types like of mustard, mustard taste like that. I have never There's dabbled. a lot of types of mustard. Okay, It's not like ketchup where there's one kind. Yeah. <laughs> mustard is very sophisticated. But you think like that's sufficient for you. Like even if you didn't put like salt or seasoning salt on your chicken, like you could just eat plain white rice and plain baked chicken with just that mustard and you're like, let's rock. <laughs> yeah, like if I had to. Gross. I don't eat for flavor. Like, yeah, like I do. Like when you make stuff, like it tastes way better than when I make it, obviously. Yeah. And like, yeah, I like it and I enjoy it, but I'm not like, oh my God, I need to have this flavor every time I eat it now. Like I'm right. Yeah. Like I'm just like, all right, cool. That was good. Like tasted good. Was easier to get my meal down, but (laughs) still going to eat it either way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, a skill as well. You don't snack and you don't have any taste buds. Except when it comes to coffee, you're like very particular about how your coffee tastes, or like drinks, because you always like like. Yeah, oh, I that's where I get pop. my flavors from, though, too, and I stuff guess. like that. Because like how you were saying that like, you just want flavor in your mouth sometimes. Like for me, like I'll just like that's what I like. I like to fla- I like flavored drinks, like something that I know has like no calories to it, but I can drink it and still get like flavors out of it and stuff. So like that's kind of where I get my fix, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like Mio's or like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. No. I don't think so. Except no for calories, fact, at least. Except for the fact that you took a whole Mio to work. Well, I just, I was like sick of like wanting some flavored water at work and then like I didn't have anything. Yeah. So then I just took that and then I only use it like, I actually haven't used it as much as I thought I was going to use it, but. Really? No. Bring it home. We have three in the cupboard. We need that one. They're going to go fast. No. There's they are... two unopened. I opened one today. Oh, the other lemonade? Yes. Well, whatever. Fine. <laughs> but I hope actually Costco, as you're listening to this, Costco may have a four pack right now. We of got, Mio. Of Mio. We got it. How much is it? 10 bucks? Um, I don't remember. I think it was like maybe 10 bucks, which is actually a pretty smoking deal. Yeah. For we should have got two. Of Mio. It only comes with fruit punch and lemonade, but like who's complaining? Those are good flavors. Yeah. Well, lemonade's good at least. Fruit punch is like not bad, but well, we didn't really get super into the summer thing, summer thing, but we'll have to probably do that. Like the next We kind of did. We kind of talked about like what we're going to do for summer. Yeah. I guess. On the surface, but maybe we'll have to do like a whole thing specifically on like getting lean for summer yeah like some like very stereotypical yeah goals when summertime is yeah. rolling around yeah. yeah what to do all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. what to avoid what kind of like mm, true um i don't know like almost like influencer claims or like social media pressures and stuff like that yeah like kind of like um i can't think of the word like Trend? myths oh trends yeah myths yeah. and trends yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah trends is a good word too yeah 
I'm having like really like low brain capacity right now. I think maybe I'm just like losing my train. Maybe of it's because you're cutting back the meals. Yeah, I got that brain fog. Your going brain on. has less glucose to focus on. Or because it's like low key my bedtime, but yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, and hopefully we can get back at these a bit more consistently yeah. like we want to. Um, I think that we'll be able to make it work a bit more easily now that our schedules are a bit yeah, more kind of like worked out and stuff. Right. Um, they're not going to be quite as crazy as it was the past few weeks, but yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Maybe talk to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> talk to you next time we make a podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye.